Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the LDTRT podcast, brought in conjunction with Passion Media and Radio Works. We're set up to tell the story of leaders in the media industries, focusing on their journeys and motivations. I launched a media agency last year, Passion, to focus on fashion, entertainment, and leisure verticals. And I've had loads of great advice in doing so along the way, much of it from guests on this podcast. I'm still out on the mission to gather the best advice. I'm delighted to be speaking today with Sean Martin, a cricket trailblazer, a movement maker, an author, and founder of Fairbreak. This is Let's Do the Right Thing in association with Radio Works, presented and curated by Adam Hopkinson. Fairbreak Global is an Australian company that aims to improve gender equality, especially in relation to the game of cricket. In particular, it seeks to improve the financial gap between men and women's cricket, along with differences in quality of play and available opportunities for women. Following on immediately from Mother's Day in the UK and, of course, International Women's Day, it felt like great timing to speak with Sean about how he is pushing the agenda for equality in sport and, furthermore, how that can evolve into media. We're doing this remotely and we're 12 hours apart, so it's early stroke late for us both. I'm expecting us both to need coffee breaks. Um, Anyway, good morning, good evening, Sean. How are you? I'm well, Adam, and thank you very much for for inviting me on the podcast. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about where you're setting your sights on with Fairbreak, please? Um, Well, at the moment, it's uh, two tournaments a year that we conduct. so we are a global entity. We're the only organisation that does have a global program. Um, and that's something that we've established now uh, with tournaments in both Hong Kong and the United States. That will happen each year for the foreseeable future. Um, and then we also have a Fair Break 11 that tours um, at times. Uh, late last year, a uh, team toured to the United Kingdom. Scott will play in England, Scotland. Um, and the Netherlands. So we we have two pieces that operate. We have a tournament structure and we have a touring a touring fair break team. And this was all developed to drive opportunity for women in cricket. Yeah, the the potted history is that, you know, fifteen years ago I was working with um Lisa Stalaker who I wrote a book with her which we launched in Mumbai in two thousand and twelve and when she retired in the, the World Cup in Mumbai in 2013, she was the highest paid female cricketer in the world on $15,000 a year. Um, and that included 15 public appearances. So we set about 
creating uh, what we call WICL, the Women's International Cricket League, with a view to, to conducting a global tournament to, to help progress the conditions around the women's game at the time. Um, and that's morphed over a period of time into what is now Fair Break. That, that, that's astonishing. So to put that into context and to give it a perspective, what, what's the kind of the, the highest paid male cricketer? What sort of numbers are they pulling in? Oh, um, if you talk about uh, just national contract money, um, you're looking at you know the highest paid Australian player being contracted on a million dollars a year. Um, the, the, the women, the women in a, women's game in Australia has improved from where it was, um, and 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 Australia has led the way in a lot of that. Um, but uh, the the ratio of pay is still very similar between the the the, the, the gap between men and men and women. Um, we we sought to try to um, redress that right from the word go, but we got we got a lot of opposition. Um, because of what we were trying to do, and and um, and uh, the, the, yeah, as, as I said, there's been considerable improvement. But what we started back then pushed Cricket Australia to start the WBBL and the ECB to start the Key Super League. That's an astonishing differential there. That that's practically ninety nine to one ratio. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that that's true. And I mean, you look at. Um, the, the WPL that's just been or just still in, in progress in India at the moment and have a look at the highest paid uh, female players in that at the moment in comparison to what men are earning in the IPL. Uh, so again, the ratio will be will be very similar in, in, that, in that respect. There's a very long way to go still. And you're 15 years into the journey. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a very long way to go. Um, but there is certainly more opportunity now, and um, the, the opportunity exists r- right across the world, um, and particularly in what we do, because we have up to 50 associate nation players playing in our tournament who have never been contracted or paid before in their lives. Um, so the social impact of that on those women is quite considerable. When you've got a player, say, from Papua New Guinea who comes into our tournament and the money they earn in that tournament, they go home to, to their country and, and build their own home. Which, which, which is sensational. So the, the, the effects that you're having on local communities will be profound. Is there going to be a tipping point that's going to push this properly into the mainstream for you? And I'll, I'll give you an example for, for, for women's football in the UK, and I appreciate it's a different game. But the, the, the Lionesses win of the World Cup last year completely changed the game in the UK and now there's grassroots women's football appearing absolutely everywhere. Do you, do you need a trigger for, for women's cricket to turn it into a proper household event? Uh, no, not, not in the... Or is that you? <laughs> I don't know whether it's me. It may be fair break um, as, as a movement because there's a, quite a number of people that have been part of this journey for a long period of time. So... Uh, the movement that we've created, as the players talk about it, may well be part of the tipping point. Um, I think there's also the recognition of the quality of the play uh, around the world. Um, and the women's game uh, is a little different to the men's game in the sense that the audience for it is a lot more disparate as well. So if you've got countries like Nepal, if the Nepalese women turn out to play, 15,000 people turn out to watch them. 
Um, so there's there's a lot of interesting um, pieces that are, uh, are hard to compare with other sports. So a lot of the associate nation players in their own countries only play men's cricket, for example. They're too good to play in women's cricket. The only time they play women's cricket is when they come together to play in their national team. So when we invite them to play in our tournaments, the quality is exceptionally high. It's very hard to do that in, in other team sports, but um, it's one of the things that w we do in terms of um, increasing the breadth of our influence, I suppose, and the breadth of opportunity for players. When we've got players from Bhutan and, and Argentina and Brazil and, pa and France and Rwanda and Vanuatu and Papua New Guinea, you know, we've got 37 countries involved in our tournament. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And congratulations and, <laughs> and thank you for doing it. And I'm, and I'm delighted with all the success that you're having. But yeah, there must have been a few road bumps along the way, a bit of opposition that, that you may have had. Where's it come from and, and how, have you, how have you dealt with that? In the early uh, period, uh, when we started WICL, uh, Women's International Cricket League, that was met with uh, quite a bit of um, nervousness by major boards. Uh, they immediately thought we were a rebel league and, and were um, quite negative in their, in their views around us. And, and we needed to find a, a board that would partner with us to get an ICC sanctioning. And for a number of years, we ping-ponged between uh, different boards and the ICC. Um, uh, which slowed our progress down considerably. Um, that meant that uh, Lisa Slaker left the business to pursue a commentary career because there was a general feeling that had she stayed with a radical like me that um, her opportunities for commentary, uh, etc., may may dry up and she wouldn't be able to, to have the career she subsequently had, which has been incredibly successful. Um, and then... Uh, the arguments around getting a sanction from the ICC were, were very were very difficult, and a lot of a lot of there was a lot of opposition to this perception of what we were trying to do. Um, and I started filming, or Lisa was part of it then, still started to film a little documentary in New Zealand in 2015, which I call Fair Break, which was a play on the Australian notion of a fair go, leg break, off break, all of those sorts of things that I just came up with at the time um, and I then sat down with Paul Harvey a, a school friend of mine who's a significant part of the business right from the word go is, is our COO and uh, we started talking more about what we were really doing was about equality and opportunity um, and so I changed the the business name to Fair Break dropped the WICL and then started talking really about the social impact pieces and what we were doing. And then it took another seven years to get to the Hong Kong board with Mr. Venkatesh, who's now a shareholder in the business. And, and the Hong Kong board backed what we were doing. And then it took a couple of years again um, to get a sanction from the ICC to conduct that first tournament. Now we have a great relationship with the ICC. We're sanctioned for two tournaments a year. They understand what we do, that we're not a competitor in the market and that we're providing a level of opportunity to, to women uh, right around the world that, that does significantly change their lives. But it's been, I, I, won't, I won't 
pretend it has been easy it has been an incredibly incredibly difficult um, uh, exercise to get to where we are I don't like to dwell on it um, but it it has been <laughs> difficult <laughs> let me say that hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. As you, as you proliferate around the world and as you get bigger and there's more and more awareness and more and more people watching, what does that mean for brands? So I'm thinking now with my background as a, as a media person and if, if we see opportunities that, where there is a, a movement growing and a movement being adopted and it's particularly at the minute doing something good for the world, it becomes very attractive to be putting brands in association with it. So are, are you receiving more and more interest from potential sponsors right now? We, we are receiving a little more interest, but it's very, very slow. Um, and it's quite important to create the distinction between the game that we are using as the vehicle and the social impact as a result of what we do. And the bigger story for brands is the social impact piece. You know, we do a lot of great work across uh, creating opportunity, not just on the field, but for, for commentators and writers and, and people in your space, in the media space and event management, um, uh, coaching, uh, you know, umpiring. We create a lot of opportunity around that. Um, and we just happen to play cricket, which is really the way um, that uh, bigger brands and the media should think about it. So it's the impact on the lives of, of the women that are involved that is the significant piece around what we do. We have six teams that play in this, in this tournament um, and each of those six teams has 15 players in a squad and there are 12 or 13 different nationalities in each squad. So it's not just a situation of putting a team together, it's the relationships that are built by those individual players within those teams that extend far beyond just uh, playing a game and actually you know the and, and it makes you authentic 
So, so if you are if you are talking opportunity and equality, you're doing that within you know, the organisation itself. You're doing it within the teams. But it's I think the thing that that, that I I want to touch on is your, your your 15 years here of doing it because you know this is a a conversation in media land certainly that is only really just been addressed in the last couple of years where people are talking about equal opportunities and and making an agenda point to do it but it almost feels like it's gosh I don't even know what the phrase it would be something washing for brands now to be adopting this and then pretending that it's it's central to them but it genuinely is for you so I, I at the risk of offending you and I really don't want to um, I I, I'm, I'm really, I'm amazed that Australia has adopted it so quickly. I, I would have thought that, that that cricket would have been perceived to be a very macho, a very male-dominated sport there. So for you to have done that there is amazing. Are you finding it easier to proliferate out of Australia, or was it? I mean, how is it being adopted around the world? Women's cricket's played in 120 countries around the world, so. Um, it's it's the fastest growing female sport in Asia. Um, it's played in seventy colleges in America. Uh, so, you know, it's it's played everywhere, and it's a it's a great game, easily adopted by women, because it's not body type specific. It's not gender or ethnically based or religiously based. I mean, so you know, to give you an example, we've had a fantastic young player from India. Lakshmi Yadav play for us in a in a fair break touring side. She's a wonderful wicket keeper. She's four foot nine. Now she's not going to play netball uh, for India, um, but she's playing in the same team as Shamilia Connell from the West Indies, who's six foot one. So again, there's no body type specificity around cricket for women. So it's a very inclusive game, and that's one of the things that we did in the tournament. I went from in the first tournament, I went from being a lunatic to a genius overnight. Because I pull the numbers off the the shirts on the on the players, uh, the numbers mean nothing to me in cricket. The only one I remember is Route 66. That's the only one. And instead, we put the the name of the player and the flag of their country on the back of their playing shirt. So that's become synonymous with us. Because what it did was it showed the diversity in the game, and it almost became a geography lesson for the commentators uh, as well. They're saying, "What flag's that? What do they play cricket there? Do they?" Um, and the other aspect of that was that people said, uh, watching around the world, well, that's my player. So they, the country started to adopt their player. But to go back to your question uh, originally about the brands, we really want to engage with brands that see what we do as an expansive piece of work. They're not just sponsoring a cricket tournament. Um, so all of our players play in recycled plastic clothing. We have a sustainability piece around repurposing a lot of our branding because most branding in sports events goes to landfill. Um, and we also did the first uh, piece of clinical research into breast health and sports bras in our tournament in Dubai, which I've noticed even in the last month or so has become quite a topic of interest um, because of the number of women playing, especially contact sports. So we work with uh, Professor Deidre McGee, University of Wollongong, who's a world leader in this. Um, so we conducted that first piece of research in Dubai with our 90 players. And uh, there's a whole chapter in our book surrounding that. Um, and it's an incredibly important aspect of women's health uh, in, in all sport, um, whether it be recreational or whether it be professional. So what we try to do is we try to use the tournament and the opportunity that we have with women from over 37 countries 
to look at, well, how do we improve not just the social impact pieces, the influence they can have back in their community, but what are we doing to ensure that we're looking at the best performance and the best health outcomes for those athletes? Which is amazing. So your, your pitch deck to brands includes female bias, very strong female bias, health orientated. You're looking at social impact. You've got a community aspect. You're leaning into people's passions and you're driving equality in sport. Why are brands not absolutely biting your hand off to get involved in that at the minute? Uh, Adam, uh, I'd <laughs> love you to be able to tell me the answer to that question <laughs> because it's perplexing a lot of us and it has for a long time. And so then there's one other important thing from a brand's point of view is you've got numbers. We have. So, so you're global with significant reach. I mean, I would have thought that this would have been a nirvana to many brands right now to be associated well, with Well, as I said, you know, I, I don't think we can demonstrate very much more uh, to brands around what we do and how we do it. Um, uh, we have a pure sport ethos. We don't take money from betting uh, or gambling organisations. We made that decision because of the, the links to domestic violence and family dislocation. So we try as much as possible to have a pure sport ethos. Uh, we've got some people with very high integrity around our our brand. Um, I also think a lot of the time we're, uh, we're dealing with uh, uh, some some key decision makers who see very much the cricket first and don't look beyond that um, and also um, you know maybe they're maybe they're sick of an old white bloke like me banging on about it so much you know that might be I'm, they might be getting sick of my voice for some reason or, or whatever I'm not sure um, but um, you know there's a lot of really wonderful people engaged in what we do well you look younger than I do um, uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't and, feel and, and, and I, th I think that there is still a, and there always will be a role for for everybody across the industry. But I, I think the more old white blokes, as uh, your words, not mine, um, that there are banging this drum and you know and helping this agenda or helping this movement move, the better. So hats off to you, sir. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. I, I kind of don't want to ask this next question now because given that everything that you've said about where you are and where you're focusing on, um, my next question would be, would you be thinking about um, expanding Fairbreak into other sports? But it kind of feels that you've got your plate a bit full right now. Uh, yeah, look, uh, we've been asked that question a little bit and um, I think, you know, the, you know, there's an old adage of, you know, stick to your knitting. And I think that's very much uh, where we should be. I think we can make um, continued difference and greater difference uh, in the areas that we're working in um, without, you know, trying to, to, to spread ourselves too thin and then do a, a poor job. Um, and I think if we can uh, work with the communities that we're working with and the women that we're working with back into those communities, then that's a significant difference for us and, and we can do that at a very high level rather than trying to take this blanket approach across a number of sports. And I, 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 it, my gut feel is that, that that is absolutely the right thing to do. Uh, thank you for the phrase that I am now going to steal and use at some point during the day today. 
Uh, stick to your knitting. Uh, <laughs> I hope I use it in the right context when, when I do use it. Um, we, we, we have a particular love in, in the UK in, in particular for um, sports movements, organisations, teams, leadership to be talking to business about how they orientate their teams, how they motivate their teams, how they build a winning side. Are you, are you taking the fair break ethos and movement into boardrooms? Are you, are you showing businesses, which are, I, I'm, again, you know, I, I would imagine uh, particularly male orientated. Are you talking to them about how they can create opportunity and diversity? We've had a couple of opportunities to do that. Um, we'd like more. We think that's a, that's a very good way that we can engage with, with business. Um, we have a very um, diverse uh, gender mix in our management team and across the people that um, uh, drive uh, what we do um, and we do have some sort of key um, I suppose key pillars that we, we work with across that space but we're certainly open to the opportunity to talk more to business about what we do and how we do it um, and, and how we, we encourage the, the, the inclusivity and the opportunity uh, that we provide. Uh, you know, we the, Karen Modica, who wrote uh, our book uh, with me, had never written a book before, but um, she'd uh, been writing press releases for me and and working on other aspects of our business. And it, it got sort of uh, in a roundabout fashion. I I was told that she'd always wanted to write a book, and I said, "Well, Karen, I've got a project for you. Here it is." And she'd never written a book before. She knew nothing about cricket. She'd never even been to a cricket match. And I said, you're absolutely perfect to write this book because it needed to be done objectively. And she's a great researcher. You know, Lesejo Poe, who's a young black South African broadcaster who fronts our broadcast, uh, came to us through a, um, an expression of interest document online and then a couple of Zoom interviews. So I think one of the message, key messages back to business is we tend not to look too much at um, what you've done, um, more what opportunity we can give you to do more, both for yourself and for the business and broader than that. Um, so I think that's a key difference about what we do. We're not wedded to what you've done or what your CV looks like. We're more about the opportunity we can create through what what we see in the person and the other thing we do differently too a little bit Adam is all of our players are paid and contracted but we don't pay on where you're from we pay on skill set so there were associate nation players in the tournament some of them that were paid more than players from the full board member nations because Jeff Lawson, Alex Blackwell, San Amir and myself who control the list of players believe that they're more skillful which is absolutely the right thing to do. I've got a brand in mind, and, it, and it's, it, it's not particularly fair to be saying it out loud, but th this looks like something that Sky TV should be all over. Um, from a sporting point of view, from an international point of view, from a maybe an Australian heritage point of view, um, and you know, driving equality, enormous business, enormous industry, <laughs> surely, surely they've got to be involved somehow. Sorry, Sky. <laughs> oh no! Well, I mean, please, uh, Adam, drop as many names as you like. Um, as far as I'm concerned, um, the, the 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 wider the net spreads, and the more people that are aware of what we do and the reasons behind what we do it, why why we do it, um, 
they're the crucial messages for people to understand. Absolutely. And when is the next tournament? So, well, Hong Kong is uh, next month. So uh, the 3rd of April to the 16th of April um, at Kowloon Cricket Club. And the US tournament, we're still determining the venue, but it'll be the second second half of September. Um, and just so people understand, uh, we always design the tournament around like Grand Slam tennis. So w- when you talk again to the, pl- the players, which we've done a lot over the years in terms of designing the, the kit that they play in and how they want to play, they look at their tennis playing and golfing counterparts and go, why am I in a six or eight week tournament when I'm not getting paid that much? So the concept was always one city, one venue, two weeks, 20 games. So players can stay in the one hotel, they can bring their family, they're going to the one ground, they're paid as well as we can pay them for two weeks and they're, they're in and out. Um, and the, the female players love that. Uh, because they're being paid fairly for that time, and they see, you know, they see what their tennis playing and, and, and their their golfing counterparts do, and they go, well, why can't we do that? Um, and it also helps us drive an audience to one ground, like you do in a tennis, like you do it in a tennis stadium. So that was always the concept, and it worked. You know, it's working well for us, and we we have no plans to change that at all. Well, it, Las Vegas in September is quite nice. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if they've got a ground there, unless the casino builds us. We don't do gambling and betting, Adam, so don't take us down that path, please. Ah, sorry, I, 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 I was listening, but I do love Las Vegas, so <laughs> any excuse that I can find to get out there. How can we watch, Tom? Where can we see your, your, your movement in action? We will broadcast to 140 countries out of Dubai. Uh, it'll be the same. I know that um, Lara Richards, who manages all our media and broadcast uh, rights deals, has already done... Uh, some with Fox in Australia, uh, with Supersport in South Africa. I know she's currently negotiating with with Sky, who you thank, thankfully very uh, nicely mentioned there. So most major broadcasters around the world, and it's live streamed through Willow in the United States and back into South America. So yeah, I'm not going to rattle 140 countries off that that went to in Dubai, but. Um, just about wherever you are, you'll be able to see it in one form or another. Amazing. Amazing. With hopefully with a huge global headline sponsor. Exactly. Yes, that would be uh, uh, wonderful. Actually, uh, we'd we'd love to attract a title sponsor for the Fairbreak World Series of Women's Cricket, as I now call it. Well, it's um, it, it, it's refreshing and amazing to see how how you are are driving this, and and, and I'm delighted with with many of the things that you said today. But you know, dri- driving the the the, the equality agenda internationally and into underrepresented nations is phenomenal so like once again take my hat off to you um thank you sean um it's been an absolute absolute pleasure talking to you today um good luck with it we'll do the best that we possibly can to help you spread your agenda here thank you adam and i just to finish off i appreciate um the opportunity to speak to you but also to just acknowledge the huge number of people that work on this with me right it's um it's very important that, that their representation is acknowledged and, and they have been with me doing this for a considerable amount of time. Um, so, you know, it's important to thank them and and uh, and uh, the, the appreciation I have and, and also all of the women that they work with around the world appreciate them very much. 
Thank you for listening to Let's Do the Right Thing in association with RadioWorks, the UK's largest independent radio advertising agency. Let's Do the Right Thing is a Maple Street Creative production, devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.